Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. We're starting a brand new uh, series today. This is not where I was headed, but, but it's, it's where the Lord really just took me this earlier this week. I was actually going to start a, a, a series that I'll, I'll probably get to down the road. I was already preparing for that. And it's just a, as few as four or five days ago, uh, the Lord just really put this on my heart that we need to talk about soul relief. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to teach about that today. In fact, today is going to be much stronger of a teaching than it is a preaching. And that's kind of who I am anyway. I just love to teach the word of God. And, um, but it's going to set the foundation for the next coming weeks. And I'm going to tell you, if you're, if you are not at rest in your soul, which I'll explain to you in just a little bit, if you're just not at rest in your soul, I, I want to encourage you, don't miss out on this series. It's going to be life-changing for you. And bring some friends. Bring, uh, just keep inviting people to church. Bring them here because this is going to be so encouraging for all of you. In fact, just this very day, the Spirit of the Lord is going to minister to you this very day. And at, at the end of this, we're going to have some, a time of prayer. And you're just going to stay right where you are. We're just going to pray and, and, and really uh, just start our week this week. It, with a heart of gr- gratitude, with a heart of worship towards Jesus, as I just teach you how to, how to live the life that God has called you to live. And it's a life of joy. It's a life of peace. And it is, I promise you, a life of rest. You're meant to, to live a life of rest on the inside. And yet it's hard to do. I, I want to say this too, that as I share this, when the Lord just kept bringing me back to this and bringing me back to this, in fact, Pastor Tony and I, our campus pastor down at Wabash, we'd been talking about doing a series concerning the soul for a long time, and we just said, you know, this coming fall, we're both going to kind of attack that and, and, and bring that up. And I called Pastor Tony several days ago. I said, brother, I, I, said, I, I said, I don't know what you're preaching this week because he was getting ready to start a new series too. I said, I, I, you know, we didn't talk about that since he came back from his sabbatical. Um, uh, but I, I said, I just got to get to it. You know, I, I've just got to get into the series now, you know, like, uh, and I said, are you going to join me? He said, actually, no, God's taking me in, in the Wabash campus another direction. I said, hey, then you can just re-preach what I'm preaching to you guys right now. He's going to steal all of my sermons down the road and life will be easy for him. And if you know Pastor Tony, he won't do that. He's not that kind of guy because uh, God just gives him some fresh words. And um, I just, I, I wasn't really wanting to go in this direction. And here's the truth of the matter, because I've been struggling in my own life with rest in, in my soul. I've just been struggling in my own life, and and as a pastor, I don't like to I don't like to preach things in in which uh, that I that I don't how do I say this? It, it's so much easier to preach on topics in which I have full freedom and and experience or wisdom or victory. Those are easy. Hey, you could you know you could experience this too, and this is what God has done in me. And but when you're struggling with the same thing that you're teaching everybody, I want to say it this way: that I'm preaching to me just as much as I'm preaching to you. I'm preaching to me just as much as I'm preaching to you. I, I face things. I face stresses. I I, I face uh, things that most people don't understand. Just very few leaders understand. And um, I want you to know that that I'm with you in in this. And what I'm preaching, I'm also allowing the Lord to do in me. And I want, it, I want him to do it in you. I want you to allow him 
to do an incredible work in you. And let's just be refreshed together. Could we do that? Just be refreshed together. And it's, go, it's going to be wonderful. Now, to start this off, I want you to take good notes today. I'm going to teach you some things that many of you have never learned before. And it's going to be life-changing if you pay attention and understand where we're going as we set this foundation. It's been said a lot of times that we, we are a spirit, we have a soul, we live in a body. And I'm going to break this down to you in some unique ways because um, you need to know how God created you. So number one, write this down, that every person... I strongly believe that every person is a three-part being, body, spirit, and soul. That every person is a three-part being, body, spirit, and soul. And I would use these words. It's the outward, it's the upward, and it's the inward. It's the outward, what everybody can see, the physical, uh, the body. It's the upward, our relationship with God. It's our spirit. And then it's the soul. It's the inward. It's what happens and what is happening inside of us, inside of us. So you're made up of three persons. And here's a great verse. There are lots of verses I could have used to describe this, but I want to use 1 Thessalonians, probably one of the most common verses uh, concerning this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you, like make you more like Jesus, and to do that through and through, like in every part of you in every aspect of who you are, that he would sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it was, it was, the, prayer, it was the prayer of the apostle that God would do this work of sanctification in us to make us more like Jesus, and that would happen through and through in every fiber of your being, in every area in every aspect of who you are, that you would be sanctified. And he specifically says in body, soul, and spirit. He's saying you need to be sanctified through and through, outward, upward, and inward. That's how you need to be. You need to be thoroughly changed by God in every aspect of your life. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make some some statements here, and these are going to go very fast. Number two, write this down, that the body signifies life in relation to the physical. The body signifies life in relation to the physical. And I don't really have to explain that because all of you know that if you're sitting in the room today, you have a body. That, that's just part of you. It's the shell that we live in. The, 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 the third thing, write this down, is that the spirit signifies life in relation to God, in relation to God. Most theologians would say it like this, as I've studied this uh, very intensely this past week and just kind of made sure that I already had my thoughts, my opinions, my, I've studied in the past, but I just was refreshing myself and, 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 and um, uh, um, you know, in this teaching, but also just reminding myself of, of the word of God and studying other theologians who said that it's, their, it's the spirit it's our spirit in, in which we connect to God, or our, our spirit is oftentimes um, refuses to connect to God. It's that part of us that either connects to God or refuses to connect to God. Okay, so it's life in relation to God. Let, let me show you this in Scripture as we begin to study this right now. 2 Corinthians 5.17 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, and the new is here. The Bible says it very, very clearly, and I have more scriptures to, to, to give you, that, that when we trust in Christ as Savior, our spirit is made new. That, that part of you is brand new. The new has come, the old is gone. That you are made new in the spirit. Now let, let me say this. There are several different, uh, well, really two different viewpoints, not several, but two different viewpoints when it comes to body, soul, and spirit. The, and and the, the theological terms for these would be trichotomy or dichotomy. So if you have a trichotomy view, it, like I have, it's body, separate, soul, separate, spirit, separate. All, all three aspects of us, but they're different from one another. It's the outward, the inward, the upward. Some theologians believe it's, it's more of a dichotomy, meaning that you have a body, but the soul and the spirit are really interchangeable. Meaning that, that when the Bible says soul, it's saying spirit. When it's saying spirit, it's also meaning soul. They're just interchangeable. I don't really believe that, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Because even though a lot of verses do kind of interchange soul and spirit, as we would read it in our text, there, there are multiple places, 1 Thessalonians 5 being one of them, that actually specifically labels all three. In fact, there's another portion of Scripture that I didn't read that, that says that the Word of God is so powerful, the Spirit of God, using the Word of God, is so powerful that it, it divides spirit and soul, joints and marrow, meaning that there's different aspects of our life, and, and we're three. Now, that being said, the Bible says that we are created in the image of God. And one of the things that we know about God is God is a triune being, meaning it's, he's made of three parts, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So if we are made in the image of God, we too are triune beings, not, not gods. He's God, we are not. You guys know that, right? He's God, we are not. But we are triune. We have a body, soul, and spirit. We have a body, soul, and spirit. In fact, everybody, that's why a lot of people say we are spirit, we have a soul, we live in a body. Because we're made in the image of God, of God John, I think it's John chapter 4, verse 24, says that God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Very clearly, God is spirit. God is spirit. So if somebody says, hey, we are spirit, we have a soul, we live in a body, I don't know that I would disagree with that. I think it's a, a very extreme simplification of, of what that really means, of the trichotomy. I think it's a simple explanation, but I don't know that I would disagree with that. Okay, so our spirit is made new when we trust in Christ. Are you having fun, everybody? This is, this is, you're just sitting at my kitchen table. This is just a small group this morning. Hopefully you have a cup of coffee, and, and I'm, I'm just teaching you the word of God for a little while. So have fun. Sit back, relax, have some fun. John chapter 5, verse 24 says, Very truly I tell you, this is Jesus speaking, that whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me, like who believes God, has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over, has crossed over, past tense, from death to life. That we've crossed over from death to life. And I'm talking about our spirit being made new. 
that our spirit is made new when we trust in Christ. We have crossed from being spiritually dead to now being spiritually alive. If you say, well, I'm spiritually alive, but why do I, then why do I struggle with sin? Great question. It's because you have a soul. You have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. We'll get to that in just a second. Romans 8, verse 10, let me show you this even further in the word of God, says this, yet even though Christ lives within you, your body will die because of sin. Remember when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, they sinned in the garden, they introduced sin and death into the world. And the Bible says that it's appointed that, that every man, every woman is going to die, that we're going to die once. Like this, what we know to be true right now in our lives will not always be like this because you are an eternal being and your body will waste away one day, but your spirit lives forever is, is very much eternal. What's this. He says, yet even though Christ lives within you, your body will die because of sin, but your spirit will live for Christ has pardoned it. Your spirit lives, you are spiritually alive because you have trusted in Christ as Savior and you've been made new. Ecclesiastes 12, 7, the dust returns to the ground it came from and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Your spirit returns to God who gave it. So your spirit is very much eternal. I, I was thinking about this. You say, well, does that mean, so is that proof that all of us return to God, even those who don't trust in Christ, does that mean that they're spiritually alive too or spiritually saved? You have to read all of the Bible in, t in context. And I was thinking about this, 1 Peter 4 or 5 says, but they will have to give an account. He's talking about the ungodly here. They will have to give an account to him who is ready to judge both the living and the dead. To judge both the living and the dead. We know this to be true. The Bible says it very, very clearly that all of us, not only in this room or watching online, but every single person who's ever been born, whoever will be born, will stand before God. In fact, a better way to say that is we will all kneel before Jesus one of these days. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's going to happen that all of us, all of us will stand before God one day, better said, we'll kneel before God one day, and in that day, there will be a judgment, and God will judge the living and the dead. Now, at that moment in time, we're all going to be the same. We're all going to be there, very much eternal beings in the presence of God. So what he's not, what he's not saying there is, He's not talking physical. He's talking about, I'm going to judge the spiritually alive and the spiritually dead. The Bible says it this way, that he's going to, to separate the sheep, those who have trusted in Christ as Savior, from the goats, those who refused to trust Christ as Savior, who rejected the notion of Christ. Meaning, our spirit is that which connects to God or refuses to connect with God. But all of us are going to stand before God, kneel before God, and confess Jesus is Lord. So that's why I say, if we're wise, we're going to do that now. Because if you wait for then, it's too late. Everybody, the Bible says you're a goat. How many of you want to be a goat? Well, none of us do. 
And that means eternal separation from God in a very real and very final hell. So we are his sheep. The Bible says the sheep of his pasture. And he is our, Jesus is our good shepherd. He's our good shepherd. So God is going to judge the living, the spiritually alive and the spiritually dead. If you are spiritually alive this morning, you've trusted Christ as Savior, you're a child of God. Could I get a big amen from you, everybody? So we have reason to celebrate. We have reason to celebrate. So the body signifies life in relation to the physical. The spirit signifies life in relation to God, whether we connect or refuse to connect to him. Number four, the soul signifies the mind, will, and emotions. Can you believe I'm already on point number four? Woo, thank you, Lord. How, this is going to be a great day, everybody. Um, the, soul signifies, the soul signifies life in relation to the mind, the will, and the emotions. The mind, the will, and the emotions. So everybody in this room watching online, you have a soul. You have a mind. You have a will. You have emotions. Let me read this to you in Scripture. John chapter 3, the second verse says, dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health. So he's talking about the outward. He's talking about the physical. That you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul, your inward, is getting along well. I want you to enjoy a great life, not only on the outward, the physical, but also on the inward. So everybody pay attention to this. I really fully believe that you're, and I think you will too, in fact, I have no doubt that you, you'll agree too, that your soul and your body are connected. Let me prove it to you. When you are not at rest in your soul, in your mind, your will, and your emotions, let's say that you're really anxious about something, very stressed about something. What happens? Your body responds in negative ways. For instance, one of the things that happens is your blood pressure Goes up. Why is that? Because your soul and your body are connected. What you feel in the soul, the unrest that you have in the soul, comes out in your body. Uh, okay. Um, there, there were times in my life, in, in fact, that years ago now, there, if you guys know my story, and I, I certainly won't go into it today, um, but there were times in, in my life in the past that I was under so much stress, so much anxiety, that um, my left arm just it, several times just totally went numb. I, I had chest pains. I, I thought I was having a heart attack. We, I went to go see uh, my family doctor, and he, he, said, he said, Pastor, you need to go on a vacation. Okay. So I went on a vacation. As, as we're on, like driving on vacation... I have this, what I think to be a heart attack, and I drive myself to the hospital thinking that I'm having a heart attack. And the doctor says, you should be on vacation. It's just stress. And I said, I am on vacation. You know, like, this, I thought it was going to be gone by now. How many, know, how many know this to be true, that your soul affects your body? You know that, right? Your soul affects your body. And so we need to be at rest. In fact, God wants you to be at rest in your soul. He, he wants you to experience soul relief. That's why it says this in Psalm 62 verse 1, truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. My soul finds rest. My mind, my will, my emotions finds rest in God. Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29, Jesus is speaking. 
And for some reason, God just keeps pulling me back to this verse. I've spoken on it several times this year already. When Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus says this. He says, I'm not okay with you being at, with, with you being at, at a place of unrest in your soul. I'm not okay with that. Jesus says, in fact, I want you to know when your soul is not at rest, I want you to know that you can come to me and I will give you rest. I'm going to bring some soul relief to your life, Jesus says. Why? Because God wants his children to rest in their souls. And there are many of you here this morning that you are not at rest on the inside. You're not at rest. You're in turmoil. You're anxious. You're, you're stressed out. You're fearful. You're confused. You're just not at rest. Can I tell you something? That is not the will of God for you. So much so that Jesus goes out of his way to say, I'm not okay with you being anxious or stressed or confused or fearful. And I want you to come to me so that I can give you rest. This is so powerful. I'm going to show you something in scripture that's going to, I hope, mean as much to you as it did to me. And this really encouraged me in the Lord this past week. It certainly has brought a refreshment to my soul. As I've been preparing this and studying this, I've been also absorbing it myself and preaching to myself in my own office. Psalm 22, verse 1. This is a very messianic um, psalm, meaning it's a psalm that is prophetic. It points to the person of Jesus Christ, and I'll prove that to you in a second. Psalm 22, verse 1 says this, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, how many knows that just stands out to you? Like that was, this isn't the only time in Scripture that we read those words, is it? that we read those very words when Jesus is on the cross. It's one of the sayings of Jesus on the cross. As he's dying, he, he looks toward heaven. He says, God, God, why have you forsaken me? So this psalm is a very prophetic psalm. It, it actually is showing us what Jesus is going to go through and actually what he's going to say when he's on the cross. Absolutely amazing that his words on the cross were prophesied thousands of years before they actually ever happened. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? He's saying, I don't feel you, is what he's saying. I, I've had some times in my life, in fact, there was one specific time in my life that I did not feel the presence of God in my life whatsoever. Have you ever been there? It is awful. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. And it was while I was pastoring New Song. It wasn't in this location. wasn't in the, the, the last location. It was in the location before that. So two locations ago. That, that I had this uh, over a year, from, from what I remember, well over a year. That I just did not feel the presence of God in my life. It, I was just asking God. And I know that verse that says that he never leaves us or forsakes us. I know that verse. And yet I felt 
nothing. I would pray, nothing. I would worship, nothing. I felt nothing. And it really was concerning to me, obviously. And you say, well, how did you pastor the church and all of that? I just did it by faith. Because here's what I know. Here's what I've learned. And this is going to be so meaningful to many of you in this room. That your emotions are very real, but that doesn't mean that they're valid. And I knew that to be true. My emotions were very real, but they weren't valid. I did not sense the presence of the Lord. It felt as if he had withdrawn himself from me. I did not feel his presence. And those emotions were very real, but they weren't valid because I knew the Bible says, no, he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. When we draw near to God, he draws near to us. So I had to put my faith not in my emotions, but in the word of God. Can I tell you something? There's some people here in this room. You got to stop putting your faith in your emotions and start putting your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. You got to live by faith. And that's what I chose to do. Hey, I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to preach anyway. I'm going to pray anyway. I'm going to worship anyway because God is worthy whether I sense him or not or feel him or not. He's worthy of my devotion. He's worthy of my, of my praise. He's worthy of my worship. I'm just going to go all in anyway. But I was certainly discouraged. And many of you have heard the story before that is late one night and probably middle of the night and I go to the church because once again I can't sleep I'm at unrest in my soul this is years ago and I go to the church and I'm sitting on the front row in the sanctuary and I'm just talking to God and I'm, I'm not really what you would consider you know I, I'm, I'm not really praying and I'm certainly not saying these and thous and I don't do that anyway but it's not like I'm praying King James Version I'm just saying God, what is going on? Have you ever been like that? God, I don't, I don't get it. Like I, I just, I was bypassing all the formalities and I was sitting in the front row and in tears, I asked the Lord, I said, God, do you even love me? Because I didn't, I didn't feel a thing. God, do you even love me? Talk about unrest in a soul. And I'm telling you something. Now, nothing physically happened. Nothing physically happened, but it was as if a wind rushed through me, so much so that it took my breath away. God, do you even love me? (sighs) That was what it was like. And I said, you do love me. Like, oh, I'm sorry for asking, you know, like, oh, you can can back off a little bit, God. I'm a little overwhelmed right now. I, I don't know if you've ever been like that. But, but did you know, did you know, actually, the Spirit of God, that, that word Spirit, Holy Spirit, that we don't even have a right word in the English language that defines what the Spirit of God, uh, dis- defines who the Spirit of God is. We don't, we don't even have a word. Did you know that the best definition for the Spirit of God is not actually a definition? It literally means breath. But did you know the best definition for the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit is not actually a word? The best definition I could ever give you concerning the Holy Spirit is, like, where's that in the Bible? Well, remember when Jesus, well, first of all, it's just the literal meaning of of the Holy Spirit's name. It's breath. It's not a breath, it's... 
So Jesus, one day he went to the disciples and the Bible says that he breathed on them and said, King James Version, receive ye the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them. He did it for a reason because the Holy Spirit is a breath of fresh air. It's a wind. Not it. He, forgive me, he, the Holy Spirit is, is the breath in your life. He, he's the wind in your life. He's, the, he's a fresh wind from God. And at that moment, God, do you even love me? <gasps> okay. I feel you again. Ooh. You got to know I was pretty overwhelmed in the moment. I was refreshed in my soul. I was restored in my soul in my mind, in my will, and my emotions. He healed me that night. Now, I had further healing to go through, no doubt. I did. I was, I, was, I was so far lower than what people understood. But the Lord brought me out of it. And now I can tell you, everybody, my, my feet are set upon a rock. I know, I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able. He is good. He is so very, very good. So Psalm 22, you ever had that moment? God, I just don't even feel you. What is going on? I'm at my lowest. I don't have, I don't have any joy. I don't have any peace. I don't have any hope. I don't have anything. Now let's move one chapter over to Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Let me tell you something about this, that the same psalmist, David, who wrote Psalm 22, authored Psalm 22 under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, also wrote Psalm 23. If you've ever read the book of Psalms, you'll read a lot of Psalms of David. And David oftentimes comes before the Lord and says, God, where are you? God, I am in turmoil. I am, I am not at rest. And he talks about his enemies and he talks about what he wants to do to him. He's like, man, I want you to knock their heads off, God. How many have had some days like that? That you're so much unrest. You're like, oh God, just take them out. Just take them out. Can I tell you, you need some rest. Okay, let's bring it down. Let's bring it down because you need some rest. One thing about, I love about studying David is that he wears his emotions on his sleeve and you know exactly what he's thinking all the time. And the same one who wrote Psalm 22 is the same guy who wrote Psalm 23 because on this day he realizes something. And under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he writes, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters and he refreshes my soul. He refreshes my soul. I'm, I'm going I'm to teach you something about this. That the restoration that God wants you to experience in Psalm 23 was purchased at the cost of Psalm 22. That Jesus Christ, when he was hanging on that cross, dying for your sins, for my sins, for the sins of the world, and he says those words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was doing that for us. 
He was purchasing what we could not possess on our own. And so the the restoration and the refreshment that we read in Psalm 22 was actually purchased at the cost of Psalm 20. uh, I'm sorry, the the refreshment that we feel in Psalm 23 was purchased at the cost of Psalm 22. Because Psalm 22 is very messianic, but so is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. How many know that we know Jesus is the good shepherd and the sheep hear his voice and we follow him and he has good things in store for his sheep. You see what I'm saying, everybody? That because of Psalm 22, we can have refreshment in our souls because we are connected to the God of Psalm 23. Oh, that's good stuff. That's, I'm preaching better than your amen, and I don't care. I'm just saying it. I, I want to teach you three things very, very quickly as we bring this to a close right here. Just give me a few more minutes. That every person's soul longs to be whole or complete it longs to be whole your soul longs to be at rest your your mind your will your emotions long to be filled with joy and hope and peace and rest but i'm going to teach you something else it's so important you know this that your soul, number, no, I'm sorry, letter B, your soul cannot restore itself. Now, this is huge. This is the foundation of what we're building on. Your soul cannot restore itself. Can't do it. And some of you, many of you, you are not at rest in your soul, and you're running to things, and you're running to people thinking that they are going to provide rest for you. Well, if I had this, then, oh, my life would be, oh, so much better. But, but if I had more money, then my life would be, well, if my husband would just, and if my wife would just, if my kids would just, I would be at rest. And so you try to solve your own problems. You, you try to, well, if I do this, and if I do this, and if I say this, and if I manipulate this, and if I make this much money, and if I go out and buy this, then I'll be at rest. And what I'm telling you is now that I'm, I'm 49, everybody, I'm pushing 50, I've, I finally feel to some level that, that, I have, that I have a little wisdom to share. And it's taken me a long time to get there, by the way, because I know I'm not the smartest guy in the room. But I want to tell you something that I've learned, that my soul does not have the ability to refresh itself. I cannot, I cannot restore my own soul. I can't do that. That's why the Bible says, that's why Jesus says, if your soul is not at rest, come to me. Are you weak? Are you burdened? Come to me, and I will give you rest. Who who gives us rest? He gives us rest. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. In fact, it's him who refreshes my soul. You cannot refresh your own soul. Only God. Only God. The last thing, write this down. So to enjoy rest means this. To enjoy rest is to enjoy Christ. To enjoy rest is to enjoy Jesus. And I'm telling you, 
There are many in this room that you fear God and you worship God and you stand in awe of God and you honor Jesus and you serve Jesus, but you don't enjoy Jesus. And there's a difference. Some, some, in fact, many couples that I've counseled over the years, they spend time with each other, but they don't enjoy one another. How many know there's a difference? See, one thing about my wife and I is we actually enjoy each other. Can I tell you some of the greatest marriages are those, in fact, I think all the greatest marriages are those in which the husband and wife actually enjoy each other. If you don't enjoy the person that you're married to, something, something needs to change. And we're here for you, by the way, if that's the, the case. So you're meant to enjoy Jesus. How, how do I know? The Bible says, in fact, Jesus says that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy the devil comes to destroy your soul, to steal the joy and steal the peace and steal the hope out of your soul and out of your whole life, actually. But Jesus said, I've come that you could actually have life and have it to the full, like an abundant life. That's, that's why I've come. And I'm telling you, a lot of people, you're so grateful that God has saved you through his son, Jesus but you're not enjoying Jesus like you should. And I, I'm just at a place in my own life because I'm preaching to me that Jesus, I don't want to just serve you and I don't want to just worship you. And I don't want to just praise you. And I, I, I don't want to just lead people to you. I love all of those things, but I want to enjoy you. I want to enjoy you. I want to talk to you all day long. And I want to listen when you speak. And I want to express my love to you all the time. And I want to receive the love that you have for me all the time. That I would just walk in it. That I would be secure in it. And that I would be refreshed on the inside. And I'm praying that in this series and in this day, the refreshment is going to begin in your life. Would you stand up with me? We're actually ahead of time. We have, we have plenty of time here. So I, I'm going to ask that nobody moves around. Even if you're a dream team member, stay right where you are. I, I, I want this to be a, a moment of healing in this room. Right now, every single one of you are at the altar. Right where you are. You, you don't have to come here. You, you're, at, you're at an altar before God. God is in this room. His presence fills this, fills this place. And if Jesus were standing here today, looking at you in, in the eyes, he would say to you, just come to me. I want to give you rest. In the innermost part of you, I want to give you rest. I really believe that he would look at all of us and say, I just want you to enjoy me. Not only in this life, but throughout all of eternity. And we know we're going to be doing that in heaven, enjoying the presence of Jesus. Why are we not enjoying the presence of Jesus in this life? When he says, if you come to me, I promise you, I'll give you rest. In him, the Bible says, our joy is 
complete. It's complete. And I've just determined in my own heart, I'm going to live a life that enjoys Jesus. And I'm going to teach you how over the next several weeks, so don't miss it. Bring some friends. It's going to minister to you. It's going to minister to them. I'm, I'm just going to start enjoying Jesus like I never have before because I need it in my life. And I cannot restore my own soul. Only Jesus can do that. If you're in need of healing today in your soul, you're at an altar right where you are. And I want everybody just to bow your heads with me. And if you're in need of restoration in this moment, if you're in need of rest in your souls, I'm going to ask you just to lift up your hands to the Lord. And you could just open them towards heaven. That's fine. If you want to lift them all the way up, that's fine too. And I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to speak a blessing over you this morning. Heavenly Father, according to your word, we are to come to you when we are not at rest. We are to make our way to you because we cannot restore our own souls. That power is not within us. It's not our power at work in which we receive refreshment. It is your power at work. It is your spirit at work within us. And so Jesus, according to your own words, we come to you. We obey your own words. And we come to you admitting that we are weak and heavy laden. We are weak and we are burdened. And our soul is not at rest. And we're looking for some relief. So I present my soul to you today, God. And I ask that the miracle of refreshment and restoration would begin right here, right now. Not because I deserve it, but simply because you love me, because I'm your child, and because you told me to come and ask. And that's what I'm doing today. I'm just asking. Heal my soul. Heal my soul. Restore my soul. Refresh my soul. Now would everybody open your hands toward heaven. Heavenly Father, I declare healing in Jesus' name. New song, just receive it now by faith in your own way, in your own heart. You don't have to say it out loud. Say, Lord, I receive your healing in my soul. I will never be the same again. I reject confusion and doubt and fear and pain and the wounds that I've incurred. And right now, by faith, I receive healing in the innermost parts of me. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for healing me. I honor you.
I worship you today. Today I give you my life, my spirit, my body, and my soul belong to you. Take all of me, I pray, and make me whole. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to know, again, nobody leaving just yet. I want you to know that in my times of prayer, I'm going to be praying for all of you that God would heal you on the inside and that you would receive refreshment that you long for in the Lord Jesus Christ. But I also want to encourage you, don't leave it to me to do, it, to do all the praying. You need to go into your secret place this week, your prayer closet, and you need to present yourself to the Lord every day and allow him to refresh you. The Bible does not say if you're having difficulty in your soul, just send your pastor and let him tell me about it. The Bible doesn't say that. He says, you come to me. You come to me. Present yourself to me. And I will give you rest in your soul. Oh, that's a good word. So you've got to do it. I cannot do it for you. I'll pray for you. I promise you I will. But it's your choice. Run to Jesus. Run to him every day and enjoy him. And I'm going to teach you even more about that next week. I love you so very, very much. I'm covering you in prayer all the time. Love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. If you receive the word of the Lord today, say amen. Amen. God bless you guys. I love you. I'll see you next Sunday. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.